Section 15 of Open the Door. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Open the Door by Catherine Carswell. Book 2, Chapter 2, Part 2, 5. She knew now that Pender would seek her out. For hours she had been looking, unknowingly, for this moment. It had lain veiled in her throughout the dinner, and had become more and more imminent during the dark cab drive, and had leapt into certainty as a tiger leaps from its lair, when she had caught sight of him watching the dance, and now she had the impulse to fly. In spite of her experience she was too raw and unprepared, afraid too, terribly afraid. She rose, making in a panic for the corridor, she could hide downstairs but in the doorway she came face to face with pender his eyes filled with light here you are he said and he stood smiling at her with extraordinary kindness such as she had never seen on any face before but as they stood looking at each other a different sparkling triumphed over the light of kindness in his eyes and there was excitement in the square nervous hand that stroked his mustache the woman remained perfectly still in the doorway she was stiff with shyness and delight and could move neither backward into the room nor forward into the corridor the man's physical nearness robbed her of initiative is there ever such a thing as a waltz at your glasgow balls he asked with a touch of petulance that she liked i understand the next dance is a scot scot something that sounds like a catching cold a shottish joanna laughed up flew pender's eyebrows and with any other perceptible change every line in his face and body became expressive of comic despair i ask you do you see me dancing it he had the comedian's gift and joanna's laughter rang out readily yet it was above all when she was clowning for her entertainment that she felt the underlying discord and distress of the man her heart seemed to drip sweetly with pity for him like a full honeycomb it was as if her blood told her that there was a virtue in her for his healing his lavish consolation come and sit it out with me he urged i've seen the very place for us downstairs it's so hot and noisy up here i hate it there was empty chairs on the landing and pender with joanna on his arm hesitated a second before taking her downstairs it was one of these little human waverings that are so pathetic on the eve of an already settled fate there they stood poised she in her gay dress all billowing in the draught from the ballroom her face turned like a flower like a question to the man's abiding his decision he refusing his answer taking counsel alone weighing his little world that he hated yet feared between his palms and gnawing anxiously at his petulant under lip i suppose at dances in london there are nothing but waltzes now joanna asked when they had got halfway downstairs but she did not even notice that her question remained unanswered she was all exultation in the surety that he too had been waiting for this had he not looked for a place apart where they could sit together and talk when he led her along a darkened passage on the ground floor she guessed they were going to the antique classroom 
but the room they entered was worlds removed from the familiar place in which he had worked through many an hour of daylight its known contours were all disfigured by moonlight and by the straggling rays of a street lamp which came mixed with moonlight through the long plaster-coated windows the statues lurked strangely in corners the place was not illumined its darkness was made manifest and its unsuspected secrets of darkness in silence joanna perched on a high stool and her companion pulled forward a small throne on casters and set upon it between her and the windows which all ran along one wall color could not persist in this underworld and joanna's head and shoulders and breast rising from her dress might have been of marble but for the living shadows pender's face was in deep shade she could only see the glint of his glasses and his highly clasped hands caught by a shaft of light from the street as he leaned forward elbows on knees the music of the shottish came to them from far above not as melody but as a monotonous pulse of sound they were together hidden remote in a forsaken world revolving in melancholy but beautiful twilight what a thing light is exclaimed pinder in low struck tones as i see you now i shouldn't know you for the same woman i saw ten minutes ago dancing joanna in the reel had seemed to him for all her slightness of figure like a young heifer in a clover field essentially sturdy full of unbroken untouched vigor and the combination of this with her face which he found over-refined in features had inflamed him to a degree astonishing to himself now she was suddenly aloof as a moon maiden and his passion recoiled into himself but he was surer than before of her attraction for him surer rather of the special quality of the attraction yes everything is different she agreed her voice also quiet with wonder i am only beginning to see you now it's so queer isn't it how every bit of color is washed out i can never help thinking that color is really form though i suppose we know it isn't the speech pleased pinder who really knows what color is he said but i believe i get that feeling at times his grave interested voice was charming to joanna and suddenly he leaned further forward looking up at her his face coming into the shaft of light his eyes no longer appraising will you sit for me some day he asked with such boyish shy directness that it was like taking off a mask or throwing open a door for her to enter i'd like to joanna replied in simple delight but even as she spoke her simplicity gave way to excitement and she became rigid with it as she had been in the doorway upstairs good that settled pender spoke evenly but the excitement was mounting in him also as soon as i can get some sort of a studio rigged up i'll let you know and though he had leaned back into the darkness again joanna could see the unsheathed boldness of his eyes like weapons there in the darkness like weapons ready to strike and suddenly she remembered something of the hawk in his face was it the eyes the nose or was it no matter of feature two long ends of narrow bright blue ribbon hung from joanna's waist to the floor on the side where pender was and when he had spoken she saw his hand go out and take a hold of these she saw his hand slip gleaming snake-like through the discovering ray passing swiftly from dark to dark 
and though it was only her ribbon he touched a quiver passed through her whole frame you are going to paint mrs tulis too against her will joanna asked this but she must hear his voice when he spoke of this other woman pender stopped his winding up the ribbon which had seemed as if lessening the distance between them and answered rather stiffly i may if she has time to sit then he went on with his winding gathering a larger and larger spool of the silk girdle between his finger and thumb you like her under joanna's persistence he moved abruptly but with what meaning she could not tell she is a very charming woman or was he said and he flicked the spool of ribbon from him so that it lay split again on the floor i've not seen her for some time but don't you know her no you say you like her joanna hated herself but could not refrain for this last minute they had talked in strained unhappy voices but pender broke the tension between them with a little laugh i couldn't say till i see her again whether i like her or not he said speaking now quite naturally i once liked her very much indeed but one never knows how one will feel after six months let alone two years and more don't you find it so so he had told her and though joanna was taken aback by what she rightly felt to be the directness of his reply she understood and was grateful this man she realized had his loves like the italians of whom mario and madalena had been used to speak casually he was of those who took unfaithfulness in marriage as a matter of course and there flickered again in the girl's mind like a single phrase from a melody but once heard the remembrance of that little secret door set deep in the wall of la porzuancola while i'm waiting about in glasgow he was speaking again i hear there's a cottage and studio i might get at a place called carmanach said to be nice do you know that part i couldn't stand being in glasgow myself joanna spoke a little about the country round carmanach and the talk faded out they rose indefinitely and moved to the door on the lighted stairs each looked timidly at each to discover the new thing the fine frail intimacy that had sprung up between them in the darkness do you know what i wanted when i was watching you dance said he smiling into her eyes i wanted to see you on the downs in the wind with your face red from the sun and your hair all blown about anyhow do you think i ever shall i am afraid there are no downs at carmanach she replied smiling back with an unaccustomed touch of coquetry that's a pity but there are moors a moor will serve he allowed showing his amusement will your wife be coming to glasgow joanna presently asked in a different very steady voice and at the question so flatly put lewis gave her a glance in which resentment was struggling with his amusement she may or may not he answered in some confusion this woman's bluntness stimulated and at the same time repelled him a little she had had a husband he told himself so she must know her whereabouts had she been the untouched creature she seemed of course he would have let her be there was danger in her certainly but it was his danger he supposed she could look out for herself upstairs he asked her for the waltz which had just begun she refused he insisted but it was a failure and when he had gone half round the room with her trying every few turns to make her reverse 
he stopped and took her away you were right you are no waltzer my child he said resignedly at his rudeness the tears sprang to joanna's eyes she was already sick with vexation at her failure i was never allowed to have lessons she said biting her trembling lip this is the first dance i've ever been to upon this he eyed her quickly well well never mind my rudeness he said in hasty shame it's easy enough to learn i didn't want to hurt you but it was such a disappointment though there was some penitence here he was still childishly overcome by his impatience of being thwarted in a pleasure he asked no further question and joanna felt he would not have been interested had she told him of the prayer meeting and her hidden ball dress yet she knew he was somehow vitally interested in her how was it then she was at a loss and groping for the key to his nature it was late when the waltz finished joanna realized that she must go home mildred who was passing on valentine plummer's arm she told them that urquhart had gone some time ago and when she added that he was working at nights for a fellowship joanna felt a stab to her vanity she would have been gratified to think that he had left early on her account she was relieved however that he had not seen her in the waltz with pinder the rain was slashing outside but she had only to cross the road to be at home and so great now was her longing for solitude that she could hardly endure the walk downstairs in pinder's company nor his insistence in seeing her to her very door you will get drenched she remonstrated looking at his bare head in the slanting rain and with a hurried handshake she ran up the steps of her mother's house and let herself in but when the door was shut between them she bent down to look back at him through the old devil's beard in the glass she looked as long ago she had once looked at her dead father lewis was turning away slowly in spite of the rain end of section fifteen